No matter who you are, things in your life probably aren't going as expected, whatever that means. But the things you are doing right now, no matter what they are, that's your life. It's not a plan B. I'm your host, Madeline Mortensen, and you're listening to This Is Not A Backup Plan. Hello friends, and welcome back to episode 5 of This Is Not A Backup Plan. I think I speak for all of us when I say that thanks to the coronavirus pandemic, we've spent maybe way too much time with certain people while also spending way too much time by ourselves. And while some of that break from social interaction may have been really nice, all the time by yourself can also be pretty lonely. I've noticed that ever since I became an adult and started living on my own, I've been having more and more alone time. And I love some of it. I think it's so fun to read a book or watch a show or go to bed early or not go to bed and just do what I want to do at my own pace. But I also don't always love being by myself. However, as important as human interaction is, we don't always get to control how much of it we'll get. The only guarantee is that we're going to have to be our own company throughout life. And so becoming more comfortable being by ourselves has a lot of value to it. In this episode, my guest is my friend Losa Smith, and we talked about what she enjoys doing by herself and what the value of spending time with just you is. I'm so excited for you to hear her tips and tricks, and I hope that this conversation helps you become a little bit more comfortable being alone. My name is Losa. I'm from Austin, Texas. I go back as often as I can because I love it there. I love the vibes. I think Austin is the nice little oasis um, in Texas. And I am 27. I work at a tech company that serves immigrants. And I just finished reading More Myself by Alicia Keys this weekend. And it was a really great book. And it was short too. So it's like a good weekend book as well. Oh, I love that so much. I always love a good book recommendation. Okay, so today we're going to chat about being alone, which I'm really excited because lots of my other podcast topics, I have a really clear idea of like, this is the person I want to talk to. But I just put this on Instagram that I'm like, I want to talk about being alone. Who should I talk to? And you were like, me, I'd be a great person to chat with. (laughs) And so I'm very grateful for that. To get started, I'm curious when it comes to the idea of being alone, like spending time with yourself, whether it be like traveling by yourself or just having afternoons or evenings to yourself or going out to eat by yourself. Really, there are so many things that we could do alone. Have you always been comfortable doing things by yourself or is that something you feel like you've grown into over time? So I think I always liked the idea of being alone. As a teenager, it wasn't as cool to be alone. You know, you're kind of always wanting like a wingman or a wingwoman, wing person, just someone with you as you're going into different environments you don't really understand. But even as a teenager, I didn't mind it at all. In fact, my parents weren't concerned at all either. My mom, she doesn't have a best friend. I know a lot of my friends' moms have a best friend that, and like their families grew up together, everything like that. My mom doesn't have that. She likes being alone as well. And so I think I took after her in that regard. I'm sure there's a little bit of um, like, she's an immigrant, she's a woman of color. You know, I'm sure there's a little bit of that as well. The layers, intersectionality of identity and being in a, a new place, but she doesn't mind being alone. And so I think from her, I always realized like, it's okay if you want to be alone. You don't always have to have someone around you. But I know as a teenager, 
and I'd say probably like young teenager, right? So we're talking maybe 11, 12, 13. I was more concerned about what people thought with my wanting to be by myself, especially because I do like people. And so I think it was just quite a contrast for some people to wrap their heads around. So I think that's a really interesting contrast and interesting thing to know about you because one of the first things that I knew about you when I met you was that you like people, that like you like gatherings. I feel like you have a personality that turns groups of people into a gathering. So I think that's a really cool paradox that like you do enjoy being with people and you enjoy being on your own. And I'm just curious, how do you balance those two parts of yourself? I'm not going to say I... I know how to balance them because that would be, oh, that would be a lie. But I feel like in the past, maybe in the past three years or so, I've become more respectful of when I start to feel out of balance with that. So like ethnically, my mom is Tongan and my dad is Palauan. And so those aren't like widely known ethnicities in America. And so I always felt like I was in an in-between, like a liminal space between groups of people. I wouldn't say I was necessarily on the sidelines, but I was just like in between. I'm just like going in between the groups. And I think that setup for me allowed me to kind of what you said which is so kind thank you like turn gatherings of people into like a community like an event a group of people to talk with because I existed like between things so I think as a kid I didn't necessarily like it and I felt like I just want somewhere to be that people understand and they know that I talk with my eyebrows because my parents do and you know just like funny tiny little things like that but as I've gotten older I've learned how to respect you know what you don't have to be the hostess at every event you go to you can be and you're great at it but that doesn't have to be your social role um, in a group of people if you don't want it to be and I know for a while I kind of battled with that because I know I'm good at this. And I don't want people to feel left out. That's the worst feeling. But now as I've gone older, I've just thought, you know what? If you're feeling like you don't want to be the connector of a social event, you don't have to. You can, but you don't have to. So I think I'm learning how to balance it in that just like learning to recognize and respect whenever I feel a bit out of sorts. I really like that because... People are complicated. Like, I think that's one of the most important things that we can know about ourselves is that we're complicated and we don't have to be all parts of ourselves at once, that there can be the parts of us that is the hostess, which you are a lovely hostess, but then the part of us that needs to breathe, needs to spend time with ourselves and honor. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think I'm the youngest of five um, by three years. So my next closest sibling is three years older than me. And that's the biggest gap in my family between children. And I think that also contributed to it because by the time I was in high school, it was just me (laughs) in my house. And I joke that I felt a bit like a roommate to my parents because I had a job, I went to school, I had a car. And so I was just in and out. But I think at that point in my life, I was more comfortable being by myself. And I realized that I liked it and I wasn't um, ashamed that I liked it at that point. So it got a little better after that. So there are so many things to do by yourself. And I would just love to know if you have an afternoon or an evening to yourself, or like if you're needing some time to breathe, what are your go-to things that you enjoy doing with just you for company? I really love a bookstore a lot. I love a bookstore. And I think the part that I love the most about a bookstore is I really like reading the reviews the employees write for books. I just think it's so interesting. I love seeing the different handwriting. I love, I don't know, I just like reading what they thought was cool um, or interesting or neat or conflicting or anything like that. So I love a bookstore. Oftentimes it's Barnes and Noble. And I like just looking around at books and I'll just pick one of those chairs, which look uncomfortable because they're just like, there's zero padding, it's a low back. 
the armchair part is like a little bit high, but somehow they're comfortable to me. So I'll pick a chair, I'll grab a book after just wandering around. I don't necessarily use my Goodreads account at that point. I just go where the vibe takes me and then I'll read for a few hours in complete silence. And that's what I really like to do. And if I'm not at a bookstore, I really like to wander like galleries of some sort. I find myself driving up to Park City probably like once or twice a month, just on a Sunday afternoon by myself. And I'm just wandering to see new exhibits in Park City, like their different little galleries. Some of the galleries are commercial in that I think they're all just prints, but there are a few where like local artists contribute their work. And so I can be found wandering those as well, talking to like curators, because I think it's an interesting job to have. I love going to bookstores too, especially if I'm visiting somewhere new. Like I'll always look to go to a bookstore and walk through because it's comforting and I think books are friendly. So I think it's a very like nice place to be alone. And I think if you're trying out being alone, like you're not used to it, like you have something very specific that you're doing where if you go to dinner by yourself, which I'm a huge advocate of, but if you go to dinner by yourself, that's more vulnerable. Like you're just sitting at the table by yourself. But if you go to a bookstore, there's so much purpose. So even if you wish you were with someone, Someone, I think you can really occupy yourself and become more comfortable. Yeah, I agree. Whenever I travel to a new place, I love to go to a bookstore, a grocery store, and like a museum if I can fit it in. But for sure, a bookstore and a grocery store because I just think it's so interesting to know locally what people eat there. I mean, there are like a few snacks that I can get in HEB in Texas that I can't get in Provo, Utah, at Smith's. Um, and so I just think that's fun. I like to go to grocery stores also because I like to pick up snacks to have like in my bags. I'm just walking around. And then I like going to bookstores when I travel because I just think it's interesting what they decide to put on display, like on the front windows or like the people that end up at a bookstore, you know, because I feel like bookstore people are a specific crowd um, yes. of people. And I'll admit, and perhaps to some, this might sound a bit snobbish, but I treat bookstores a little bit like a library in that I am quiet. I have a lower toe. I'm just quieter in there. And so when people are like boisterous in a bookstore, that's not the kids section. I do get a little bit snobbish about it. And I'm like, oh, get out of here. So that's a personal thing, though. <laughs> Honestly, though, I would say bookstores feel like very sacred to me. Like they're very grounding. They help me feel okay. Like they may smell differently, but it's all like a variation. Like there's like a specific type of way a bookstore feels so I feel the same way like I'm gonna be quiet I'm gonna be respectful like it's a very grounding thing for me and I love that about travel I think that's like such a great way to actually feel what the place you're visiting is like those three things I love that so much yeah, it's a good time. I and I maybe we'll get into this later, but when I went on my study abroad alone, that's what I did in every city. I like prioritized doing that. Obviously, when you want to study abroad, it's like a school sponsored trip, and so you have to have a buddy with you. Luckily, I did have a like-minded friend whose name is Braided on my study abroad, and we agreed in a few different cities, but we'll leave the hostel or the hotel we're all staying at, but I want to be alone. And he was like, I want to be alone too. And so we would leave together and then just show up back at the hotel together. But we'd go do our separate things. And so I really appreciate his non-company in that, in that regard. I love that so much. I love like having people that understand your boundaries, understand what's important to you. I'm so excited that you mentioned that because I would love to talk about traveling alone. And so can you tell me a little bit about some of the places that you've been and maybe some of those highlights of experiences of traveling by yourself? Yeah, of course. My study abroad trip, I went in 2018 and 
I had never imagined going on a study abroad. It just, it's not something my family does. My parents are immigrants. And so they're not like, it's not like they discouraged me from doing a study abroad. It's just, we work so hard to get here and you want to leave to learn things. It's a bit odd. So we just never had conversations like that about study abroad. But when I did tell them I wanted to go, they were very supportive. And uh, I think they were surprised as well. But they were supportive. I think part of like my appreciation of being alone is that I don't necessarily share what things are like close to my heart with people for the most part. I'm a really great receiver of close heart things, but I'm not a great sharer of them. I don't think it's like a positive or negative thing at all. I just think it's a thing about me. Maybe I'll talk to my therapist about it. But anyways, my parents were surprised and my husband was surprised as well. Because, spoiler alert, I've been married for five years now. And so we'd been married for a couple years at that point. And I saw the study abroad fair on campus and referencing the Alicia Keys book more myself. In the book, she describes creating this album with a few of her friends. And she says how the creation of this album, the whole process that they went through, it just felt like a resounding yes. And she describes this resounding yes as her heart like rising up. And reading her autobiography this weekend, I was really trying to think about when I have felt my heart rise in a resounding yes. And it was that study abroad. It was finding it on campus, going straight to the booth that said Asia Pacific and telling the professor, oh yeah, 10 grand. I have that lying around, sir. I can just hand it to you now. You know what I mean? And so I just, I knew I was looking for something, but I'm not sure I was looking for it so much as like my being was looking for it. Take that how you will. Sounds a little mystical. I'm about that. I think it's valid. When I did leave to go on that study abroad, first of all, it was like a 14 to 15 hour flight. I wasn't nervous though. I've never been on a plane for that long, but I wasn't nervous because I really did welcome the opportunity to A, be with strangers that I could potentially craft a new identity (laughs) while away, but B, to just get lost in a sea of people and not feel like any of them wanted anything from me. And so I think that although I went to, I think maybe upwards of eight cities, we started in Beijing, we ended in Sydney, Australia. Everywhere I went, I welcomed being lost in the sea of people going about their day because I think that's the beauty of being alone is you don't have to stand out if you don't want. And even if potentially like eating alone is like a weird thing to do where people look at you funny, I think that's cultural here in America. You know, I didn't spend a ton of time in China, but I spent some and there were lots of people alone and no one was looking at them funny. And I just found so much freedom in that. I'm so excited that I got to hear more about your study abroad because I remember seeing like the beautiful pictures, but I didn't know the backstory. I didn't know why you had decided to go. I didn't know what it was like for you. So that's really fun to get to hear about that. I love like the different things you've talked about doing by yourself, like eating by yourself or going to bookstores by yourself, kind of those things that feel grounded and just like that feeling of being lost in a sea of people and just being apart. I think that's a really cool thing. Are there certain skills or certain characteristics that you feel like help you be alone, things that you become more comfortable with or that you feel like are characteristic of those experiences you have being alone? Oh, that is a cool question. Okay. So immediately what comes to mind is an imagination, welcoming an imagination. I'm a firm believer that everyone has an imagination. I do have a few friends who (laughs) say they don't and they're not creative and this, that. And I push up against that idea. I think everyone has an imagination. I'm just not sure everyone was encouraged to use it, to get lost in it, to explore it. Um, 
to discover alongside it. And so I think allowing yourself being welcoming to an imagination is a really good characteristic to have to being alone. I've also been in therapy for a while. So I think this gets a little bit into what my therapist and I work on, but like observing emotions, observing thoughts and letting them be, letting them pass through you because emotions don't stay forever which is hard <laughs> to wrap my own head around, my own heart around when I'm in the thick of it. But I think having an imagination, allowing yourself to be observant of thoughts and emotions, I think those are skills that can really give permission, especially in like the American culture. And if the umbrella is American culture, and then a further umbrella might be like a religious organization you belong to and the ideals in that organization or the goals in the organization that re require a level of partnership. And so I just think, if the skill of welcoming imagination and allowing yourself to observe thoughts and emotions, I just feel like that serves so well to being alone because it allows for just like relief. <laughs> Truly, I think it just allows for a level of relief from everything and to just exist in your body, wiggle your toes a little bit, get a snack that tastes good and let things play out. I really liked what you said about existing too. I took a class from a professor at Utah State. It was an international relations class. And she tells a story. She's told it a few times about um, a woman coming from Russia to study at the United States. And it was like after the Iron Curtain fell and people were like so excited to talk to this woman from Russia, like what her experience had been. And she gave a presentation like a few months into being in the United States called Americans Aren't Human Beings, They're Human Doings. What you said about existing, I wonder, do you feel like spending time by yourself helps you reflect and focus on the fact that you exist and not focus on the fact that you need to do things? Yeah, a thousand percent. And you know what? That actually brings up a different thought. I need to give credit where credit is due. So my freshman roommate in college, we were randomly assigned together. She was very studious and she is like one of my best friends to this day and her mom is from Mexico. Her dad is from Kansas. And so she also comes from like a multi-racial, multi-ethnic background as well. She loved being alone and I had never met someone else who liked being alone as well. And so it was really interesting to share her space and we would go hours being in the same room and not saying a word to each other. Nothing. Zero. Nada. We, <laughs> but we'd be in our room. Just in complete silence, neither one of us felt the need to play music or small talk or anything. And I think that taught me that there are people in the world who like being alone as well. And so I remember we had a conversation years later. It's been a long time since my freshman year of college, but we had a conversation, she and I, years later. And I just told her, like, thank you for being the kind of person I can just exist around. I didn't realize I needed the personification of that kind of home before you. And we're not big crying people but we both teared up at that because neither of us had realized that we had come from such tumultuous backgrounds in certain ways that we didn't realize that people there was someone like us who just liked to be quiet for hours on end when nothing is wrong everything is fine we just wanted to be quiet just exist around each other all that to say credit to that situation i was in because that allowed me to realize there are other people in the world who also share this love for being alone and understanding that at the end of the day we are who we are. And that's not like a defeatist thing. That's not saying we can't change or we can't get better. It's just saying that is great to be who you are and to just exist as who you are. And maybe you're reading something cool. Maybe you're listening to something cool. Maybe you're working on a cool project. But if you just want to sit there in complete silence for hours, I'll sit there too. I don't want to talk to you. I don't need to talk to you. You don't need to talk to me. And that kind of freedom 
to exist, I think started my love for seeking out moments to do that myself where I just kind of am. That specifically, and then so many of the other things you shared, like something that feels like a common thread is that being alone and having time to yourself is valuable because you can stop performing. Good or bad, like we spend a lot of time performing and sometimes that sucks because we're performing someone we don't want to be. And sometimes that's great because we're getting work done or we're going to class or we're taking care of people, but it's tiring, whatever the reason we are for performing. And when you spend time by yourself, you can stop being what other people need you to be and focus on feeling your feelings or doing the thing in the new city that you're excited about or visiting the art gallery and going however fast or slow is right for you and like that at the end of the day seems to be the benefit especially from your perspective of being alone yeah yeah 100 i just love this conversation so much because i love talking to you i love talking to people in general who appreciate being alone and understanding that alone does not equal lonely and things of that type that like section of thought. But I also think that I have wanted to be, I think as I've gotten older, I've sought out opportunities to be alone because my brain is very busy. It's very busy. I'm always considering people and things and how I should respond to stuff. And the performativeness of all of that does get very tiring. And I know that I am very good at it. Which might return to the paradox at the beginning of this conversation where I have honed the muscles of um, social interaction and cultivating a space for people to feel comfortable in and facilitating conversation that has lots of different places to plug into no matter what your background is. I'm very good at that and I love that I'm good at that and it has served me so well in so many different situations, but it's hard because that is very specific, I think like emotionally intelligent work and, and that is very draining. It is a skill that I have, but it's like a part of me that I turn on as high as possible for other people. I love helping other people feel comfortable. It also makes me feel at ease because I know exactly what I'm doing. I know my role, but it is very tiring especially when people ask me to like turn it on or things like that when I don't want to turn it on. And so I think just giving permission to myself allows me to give permission to other people as well to like, no, 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 no. We're all just going to chill out today because it's, it's a good thing to chill out. And I just think with all of these things that we've shared is our relationships are so important. Like interacting with quality people who understand us and not feeling alone is so important. Like we need it to survive. At the end of the day, the only guarantee in life is that you will spend time with yourself. Like you and yourself exist and you'll spend time alone. Like maybe not as much as you want to, maybe more than you want to, but like you'll spend time alone. Like you're going to sit in waiting rooms. You're going to have opportunities. You're going to have needs that you have to take care of by yourself and being comfortable with that person and recognizing that's not weird and that it does have benefits, I think is something that's really key to feeling content and to feeling healthy and happy. Yeah, I agree. And I think sometimes, like the idea of being alone, I think sometimes like when alone, people might see that as lonely because they feel like there needs to be some kind of witness to existence. So, like when you're doing something that's like in a way a witness to your existence, you could see, look, these are my hands. These are my eyes. This is what I did with those two things today. And like witnessing your own existence. I think like being alone at least I found ways to witness my own existence. So I'm an avid journaler. I always have been. I always wrote a journal as a kid. Uh, I think my first journal was like like a Harry Potter, <laughs> just like spiral bound notebook. And I've always written down my thoughts 
And I've always felt like that is enough evidence of my existence. If everything else were just suddenly, you know, Thanos snap went away, my journals would still be there. And that is sufficient for me. And so I think my being alone and doing things on kind of like my own rhythm, like my soul's rhythm, should I ever feel the need to witness that? I don't look to other people to witness my existence. I look to myself to do that through like writing. I love that so much. I love the idea of witnessing your own existence. I think social media is like a neutral concept. Like I don't think it's innately good or innately bad. And I actually think like most things in life are innately neutral, that like choices aren't neutral, but like most things are neutral. And so social media has created a way for other people to witness us, people we do know, people we don't know, people who we maybe didn't have as close of connections to before. And that can be really beautiful witnessing for yourself and witnessing your experiences for yourself is really powerful, I think, to feeling connected and feeling balanced and feeling like you know who you are. Because I like writing, I have gotten a little bit caught up in the social media-ness of it all. Oh my goodness, should I write this thought I had? Is this something I should (laughs) share with other people? But I think because I've gotten older, I keep saying that I'm approaching, I don't know, my century mark. But I think as I've gotten older, I've just realized that I don't need lots of people to um, validate my existence. That's something I can do. And the medium that I like doing that in is pen and paper. And I appreciate the things social media does as far as keeping me aware of things I wouldn't have known otherwise. But I think the function of social media has changed now that I've gotten older. I love that. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to share that we didn't get a chat about? Yeah, I think just a little something about being alone and being married. (laughs) because I think sometimes they might feel a bit contradictory or even saying it out loud just now I'm like oh that does sound a bit weird doesn't it but I think it sounds weird because I haven't heard it myself like I haven't heard it from someone else and so I think all, all I have to say is it was very odd for my husband to hear that I wanted to leave him for this worldwide trip. It is still weird to him today when I tell him, you know what, I'll see you in a few hours (laughs) to talk through that and to talk through what it means when I need to be by myself, what it means when I need to leave for a little bit. When you want to keep a relationship and you want to maintain that and grow that, then you know, you both ebb and flow in different ways. And so I don't plan on um, changing my need for aloneness. And he understands that. He does not have that need whatsoever. So at the end of the day, I think it's just we're complementary in that way, which is good. And should we decide to have kids in the future, I think they'll have a, a good spectrum to look towards. And then if people want to follow you or learn more about the cool things you're doing, because you do lots of cool things, what's the best way to find you? You can follow me on Instagram. My handle is at Life with Losa. I just got a Twitter. It's my third account. If you find the other ones, mercy. <laughs> you know what? Let's just let we all live and learn, okay? But it's the same. My Twitter handle is the same at Life with Losa. And I guess, I mean, if you want to connect on LinkedIn, my name is Losa Smith. <laughs> so we can find me there too if you want. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. This has been so much fun. Thank you. It's been awesome. Whenever I finish chatting with Losa, I always feel so happy and so energized and come away with so many new, exciting ideas. And I hope that this conversation was the same for you. Thank you so much, Losa, for joining us. And thank you so much to you for listening to this podcast. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Madeline K. 
You can find this podcast on Instagram at not a backup plan. I really hope you'll check the Instagram out. Each week, I pull a few of my favorite quotes and put them on fun backgrounds. And so they're really fun and shareable. You can support my work by going to Patreon. The link for that is in the show notes. Next week, we'll be talking with my friend Riley about starting a creative business. And I'm really looking forward to you hearing about her experience. Thank you again. I'm so glad you're here. And remember, this is your life. It's not a plan B.